Rodgers has it. Gives to Franklin. He no, dies. No, I don't think no, he got it. I no, don't think he got out, it. The ball is out. The Bengals have scooped it up. Bouncing in the pocket, his throw caught at the 10-yard line. He's nice, nice. straight into the end zone. Touchdown, Bengals. It's a TD. Hello and uh, well, welcome to episode 140 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast, and we are almost there. We are literally days away from the 2021 season. Uh, the opening game against the Vikings is looming large on the horizon, and as is our want, this is our bumper preview episode. And joining me to make uh, predictions and record predictions and all sorts of fun and games is, of course, Nathan Palmer. Nathan, Hello. How you doing, my son? Episode 140, season is right around the corner. How are you feeling on um, this beautiful evening? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling uh, okay. I've, you know, we've just sort of had a few days to um, digest what has happened on roster. Our roster day. predictions were a bit shit, weren't they? We'll gloss over that. I think we'll gloss <laughs> over that. Uh, I don't think listeners tune in for our expertise, quite honestly. Um, they tune in because they're a pair of idiots, I think. Uh, but yes, our roster predictions didn't go quite the way we thought they would, would they? Bloody hell. Uh, but we'll get All to right. that. Um, and uh, it's become a bit of a tradition uh, on this, uh, the season preview episode to have uh, our friend and yours, Jeff Hobson, on. And Uncle Jeff will be back on the podcast uh, a little bit later and we'll be hearing from uh, some uh, Bengals fans in the UK about their season predictions and record predictions and all sorts of stuff. We've got exciting news later on in the episode. It is, as they say, Nathan, all happening. It is all happening. It's a busy time of year, son. And obviously, um, this season is an extra game on the schedule, 17 games to look forward to rather than 16, which is exciting. And I think for everyone, um, not just Bengals fans, but the NFL fans, that sort of winter season when you've got those Sunday nights to look forward to, it's a fun time for everyone, I think. Yeah, it is. Although an extra an, <laughs> an extra game means uh, an extra tailgate, an extra podcast uh you know this season schedule waits for no man nor woman i think does it really uh, there's no let up the the roller coaster is about to crank up and we are in we're strapped in and we're ready to go um let's just uh and so the bengals actually because as we mentioned earlier um there was a lot of stuff going on on uh, roster cut day and our roster predictions were Fairly woeful, I would say. Although I did get Isaiah Prince right, I'm quite happy about. Oh, by the way, yeah, we're going to be playing another name game as well, just to let everyone know. And of course, Nathan, he doesn't know yet, but we are going to play the name game at some point. Um, Fantastic. But yes, a roster uh, cut down day was frenetic and crazy, as it always is. And... Um, and it was it was just a full range of emotions, wasn't it? You heard that, uh, you know, we, we obviously heard that Billy Price had been traded to the Giants, um, 
and then we get news that Michael Jordan had been cut, which was uh, quite surprising to me, I have to say, just because by all accounts he'd put in a lot of work during the off season. Uh, he had he looked improved when he played. Um, so I was a little bit surprised by that, just because it would be handy to have that have a depth guy there who's got some NFL experience, not brilliant NFL experience. Let's face it, he hasn't had a happy two years on the field. Um, he hasn't been brilliant. Um, do, do, do you know the thing about Michael Jordan that I think is a bit of a shame? He's obviously he's got a lot of games. I think he played 27 games for us. He was a fourth-round pick yeah, yeah, in 2019. Yeah. And you think when you invest a fourth-round pick, and it was an early fourth-round pick as well, and he's a guy from Cincinnati. He was born in Cincinnati. He, we all know he wasn't a Pro Bowl talent, you know, at guard. But I just, whenever you're giving up on a player after, what was it, like two seasons, um, cutting him a fourth-round pick, it feels like a shame. Someone that made the team, I'm not saying he was going to turn out, you know, he would have guaranteed to have been like a really quality starter. But I was, I thought he would have been very much relegated to a sort of solid depth backup role with a bit of experience. But for him to be cut and now picked up mm. by the Carolina mm. Panthers, I... Yeah, just to lose a fourth-round pick in two years feels a bit brutal to me. Yeah, I thought so too. But uh, and I was hoping for a happy ending to that story. Actually, what a, what a comeback story that would be. You know, if he could have put that, uh, you know, because a lot of the stuff about Burrow's injury was being put, you know, squarely on Michael Jordan's yep. shoulders. Yep. And, um, I thought that would have been a candidate for a fantastic comeback story if he could have knuckled down. He went to see Willie Anderson and, and, and had a few sessions with him over the summer. Um, and I just thought, you know, fair play to him. Good luck to him. If he's, you know, that will be a heck of a story if he managed to turn things around and play to his draft position potential. But sadly, it wasn't to be. So that that kind of left us a little bit, you know, without Billy Price, without Michael Jordan, that's that's left us a little bit um, scarce on the offensive line, hasn't it, I think? Um, certainly in terms of age, because if one of those starters goes down, and let's face it, the Bengals' injury history over the past couple of years... One of those guys, if not two, even three, let's just throw in three, will go down with an injury at some point. And then you've got the likes of Fred Johnson, Isaiah Prince, Deontay Smith, Trey Hill uh, as backups. And two of those are rookies. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I'm yeah, not sure about I, it. A little bit worried. Your top five, Jonah Williams, Quinton Spain, Trey Hopkins, Xavier Sufilo, Riley Reeve. You're saying... Fairly strong unit. Xavier Suofilo, we don't really know what we've got. He didn't play a huge amount. Spain looked half decent when he did play last year. But you have to remember Quinton Spain, the Bills let him go mid-season. He, he's a decent player, but he's by no means elite. And then all of a sudden, you know, like you were saying, I'm not saying it's a bad unit. I'm saying it's inexperienced. And you just think, oh, Dante Smith looked good. Again, he was a, was he a fourth-round pick himself. I know he's flashed, but again, we've not really seen anything of him. Fred Johnson, we got off waivers from the Steelers. He's, I know we played him out of position when he did play, but again, he's not shown too much. And then you are really just down to some rookies with Jackson Carmen, Trey Hill. Mm. Um, and obviously, Isaiah Prince is not particularly experienced. So one of those guys goes down, God forbid. And like you said with the Bengals, there's a history of it. Oh, I mean, you, you're putting Joe Burrow, who is coming off of a big injury, you're putting his hands in the hands of rookie linemen. And I think for everyone, no matter how talented they might be, it's big shoes to fill if someone goes down week one and week two against 
um, the Chicago Bears. You've got Danta Smith or Jackson Carmen or Trey Hill lining up to block for Joe Burrow. That that makes me nervous. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. And uh, and then the fun and games continued um, because um, uh, Trenton Irwin initially made the fifty-three. Um, Mike Thomas was retained, uh, and then the next day they terminated the contract of Mike Thomas, waived Trent, uh, Trenton Irwin. We don't even know at this stage, the time recording, whether he's actually on the practice squad at the moment. Uh, and they acquired two more players, Nick McLeod from Buffalo, a cornerback, and defensive end Wyatt Ray. On the And then the next day, they placed Khalid Kareem on injured reserve. Mike Thomas was re-signed. It's just brutal, isn't it? Just the emotions of one day from being cut completely, no practice squad place, um, to them being re-signed. And then thinking that you made the 53... And then they they bring in another couple of players, and then you're out. Um, it's mental. It's brutal, and it's mental, I have to say. But anyway, here we are. The practice squad is, at the moment, linebacker Joe Bacci, cornerback Tony Brown, Drew Chrisman, Travian Henderson, Keandre Jones, Thaddeus Moss. That was an interesting one. That yeah, went against yeah. our predictions. They went for the special teams expert, uh, Mitchell Wilcox, um, Jacques it's Patrick... Really, really- Odd moves, I thought. I mean, I, I, you know, they know better than we do. They see the guys week in, week out. You hope that they've sort of picked up on some um, ability and the character of the guys, that, you know, shines through. And they think there's some good potential there. But, yeah, I mean, you look at that wide receiver group, only five receivers on the roster. Well, there's I mean, six, I, I now. Remember... six now. Six now, because Mike Thomas has been re-signed, so... Oh, it's just true, yeah. But I don't know, it's just it's a funny old one, isn't it? Like the fact that they were willing to even risk Mike Thomas, you know, going on to the practice squad, someone could have easily come in and plucked him off of that unless they maybe had an agreement with him. But it's a I certainly don't think anyone out there would have ever predicted in a million years that they'd be taking Mitchell Wilcox um tight end over Thad Moss, um or any you know, some of the Mission other guys. Shrek, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a, I, mean, I don't think anyone would have really seen Mitchell Wilcox. Uh, you know, every prediction out there, who's would have been saying Mitchell Wilcox on the roster instead of Thad Moss? You know, I just don't think anyone would have predicted that. And so, Mason Shrek, because he's got NFL experience. He's got some starts under it. Well, not starts, yeah, he's, but he's got a lot of snaps under his belt. Absolutely. So there's some interesting moves there. And obviously, hopefully the Bengals have seen something that, that, you know, maybe a glimpse of potential or whatever else. But certainly some surprises. I don't think many, especially that position of all, that I don't think anyone could have predicted. I think, uh, as has been said elsewhere, uh, Darren Simmons has been flexing his muscles and and uh, slamming the table in the meetings for some of his guys. Because Stanley Morgan's been retained. We all know what a fantastic special teams player he is, but you know, doesn't really do an awful lot as a fifth, sixth receiver. Um, and then, you know, Mitchell Wilcox was taken over a more of a receiving tight end like Thad Moss. So I think they were looking for a replacement for Seathan Carter, that kind of excellent special teams guy, and they just saw it more in in Mitchell uh Mitchell Wilcox, you know. Um, but good luck to him. Um so Jacques Patrick is in, uh, Winston Rose, Mason Shrek, the aforementioned, is in, Noah Spence, Keaton Sutherland, he's the only offensive lineman on the uh, practice squad, Trent Taylor, 
Ronell Wren, Puka Williams and Travion Williams. So there's a lot of guys there with with experience, you know, in terms of NFL snaps. But yeah, an interesting roster. I don't know. I wasn't, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know what I feel about it, really. There's some, obviously, skill positions look ter- tremendous. Wyatt Ray comes um, very... Uh, well recommended if you like uh and certainly bj hill everyone's starting to rave about him he he had some he had a terrific game against the bengals last year and uh, pff rates him quite highly so we might might well have won that trade although billy was playing much better this season in pre-season so um tell me about wyatt race and i don't know a lot about him i, I look at him google <laughs> him a bit i know he's bounced around he's been on a few different rosters he's got a sack to his name he's got a tackle to his name but I mean, Nick McLeod, I could barely find anything about. I think he's at North Carolina. He was, yeah, he, yeah. you know, and got cut, and obviously we picked him up. But tell me, I don't know anything about Wyatt Ray. Uh, okay, so Nick McLeod is from uh, University of uh, Notre Dame. Notre, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, he was at North Carolina before, though, I think, wasn't right, he? Right, okay. Um, college free agent signee of the Bills in May. He's played in all three preseason games of the Bills this year. And um, that's about it. Reviews aren't great, but, you know, it's a funny acquisition. Again, I, th- I thought our cornerback room was fairly well stocked, you know. Um, maybe that injury to Trey Waynes is worse than we thought. Um, yeah, that's good Who point. knows? Um, Wyatt Ray is a second-year player out of Boston College. Uh, he was originally a college free agent signee of the Browns in 2019. He also spent time with Houston, Buffalo and the New York Jets and the Titans and played in four career games and has a sack. So he's bounced around a bit in a couple of years, um, although, you know, he's quite highly rated. And apparently he's either the he's either the grandson or the great grandson of Nat King Cole, apparently. Yes, I did see that, yeah. <laughs> which is which is extraordinary, that. really. That's uh, just have him on the team because of that. Basically, if you're great grandson of a crooning legend, Come on over. I don't mind. Bing Crosby, Frank Sinatra, Perry Como, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Engelbert Humperdinck. Bring them over. I want, I want a team. I, might major, I wonder if there is a team out there you can make of the great grandsons of, uh, of crooning legends. There has to be, right? There has to be. Or maybe there hasn't. I don't know. Tangent, tangent. Right, back to it. Right, um... So that's the roster done. Um, we're going to go through the fixtures in a moment. Uh, the final words on the roster are you? I mean, there's some depth on the defensive line now, which is good. And one thing we have, one thing we haven't mentioned, Nathan, Mike Daniels has been cut. Yes, 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 yes. Fan favorite manga fan, Mike yeah. Daniels, man. Think with Mike Daniels is. He's a real charismatic guy, a bit of a leader. He's an experienced player. But I think people warm to him more through through his personality than necessarily his play. I mean, his play was okay last year. But I think with obviously bringing BJ Hill over from the Giants, there was a sort of gap there that they needed to fill. And I guess obviously for Mike Daniels, unfortunately, mm. he was the man to go. I think if there's an injury, the Bengals... Breaking news, breaking news. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um... We are actually recording this on the Thursday. You're listening to this on the Monday, but this is the th- this is an entirely screwed up ex- episode because we're re- we're talking to Jeff Hobson later. We're going to drop. I'm going to drop in the old uh, 
fan predictions after me and Nathan have spoken. Nathan's away for the weekend. He's got lots of stuff going on. But this Thursday night, Trenton Irwin has been re-signed to the practice squad. So that's the 16 places full up and Trenton's back on. So that's good news. Yeah, you'd, I think you would have expected that one. You, I think there was a player the Bengals quite like. He's got a bit of potential, so good to see him back. Um, but yeah, I think uh, Mike Daniels. I think if there's going to be a spot that opens up, um, I don't think the Bengals would hesitate to bring him back. But I guess whenever you see a player that's a bit more experienced, potentially a leadership role in the locker room, it's always quite sad to see them go. It is a young team. You look through that team now. There's a lot of rookies. There's a mm-hmm. lot of year two players. There's not. You'd struggle to be looking at players that are five, six years plus experience on this team, and that could be a good thing. But I, you know, there's. I think I saw the other day there was only about, I think it was eleven players on the roster at the moment, or maybe less than that, that have been brought over from the Marvin Lewis era. And you think this is only Zach Taylor's, you know, the beginning of his mm. third year, and he's pretty much made, you know, cut cut what. 40, 42 players of the 53 that Marvin left behind. So some big changes there. And the Bengals haven't really brought in many experienced veterans for other teams. They're very much drafted, brought in some younger players. So for the long term, I guess it's exciting. You've got some young players there that can develop. But short term, I hope we've got enough experienced veterans there um, to sort of make a nice balance, I guess. Yeah, I read today that the average age now is 25 years old. So, I mean, I I like the idea of a young team growing together, you know, a a team without any scars or, you know, kind of experiencing the painful defeats and the horribleness of the past couple of years. I like the the idea of a team growing together. But that, you know, equally, you can't expect success right now with a young team, I sound like Alan Hansen. You don't win nothing with kids there, dears. <laughs> You'll never win nothing with kids there. Um, uh, sorry, Scottish people. Um, but uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry to our American listeners as well. <laughs> I'm sorry for I'm just sorry for everyone who's who's tuned in. But uh, I feel like Jamie would have enjoyed that. It is very anyway. But then again, you never know. Hungry, young, strapping lads. All bang up for it, and uh, they will grow together. So I kind of like that um, dynamic, I think. But it does it does worry me. Wide receiver depth and OL depth. Everything else is pretty depthy, I think. It's the hardest year I've ever had to evaluate this team. I have. This is why this episode for me, I've been scratching my head all day as to what to even say on the podcast because I. I find it a really hard team to evaluate, and we'll obviously go on to the roster and the sorry the uh, schedule and what we think the team's going to do. But looking at the roster up and down, it's a very, very interesting roster that could be very, very talented, but could also be wildly inexperienced and struggle. So it's, it's going to be a very fascinating season that's going to be quite hard to predict. I think. Okay, well, before we go through the fixtures, let's bring in some of you guys. Hi there, my name is Paris and I've been a long-suffering Bengals fan for 15 years now. Um, my heart's telling me that we can win eight, maybe even nine games this year. But my head's telling me that realistically we probably finish seven and ten. Um, if we can start the season two and two or even three and one, I think we could be on for a very competitive season. But um, it's a do-or-die season for the current coaching staff and I think 
you know, anything less than seven wins should probably result in them being moved on. Hello, it's Peter Danswell, or Dadzers on Twitter. It starts and finishes in the trenches for the Bengals this season. The offensive line needs to be stronger and better. The defensive line needs to be better. If both are in place, then I expect a far better season. I'm predicting an 8-9 and nine season before a tilt to the playoffs the season after. Hooday! Hooday, it's Rosie here. I think I'm most looking forward to seeing Burrow's connections with our wide receivers. We've got a really good group this year. My prediction for the season might be baby brain, but I'm going to go bold and go 11-6. and six. I think we've made some really good improvements and I think we are contenders now. Hey everyone, Duncan here, aka Dastardly Duncan. I'm going to go for 7-10 and 10 for our record this season. Not sure whether that's optimistic or pessimistic, I guess it depends how you view it. Hoping for some improvement on offence and defence, particularly on defence where we've struggled of late. Uh, hopefully the offence will speak for itself and we'll see lots of Joey B to our top three receivers. Um, yeah, so 7-10 and 10, and I think we, we hope for more. day, everyone. Right, there we go. That was our first batch of predictions from our uh, Bengals fans across the UK. Plenty more to come later on in the show. You heard Paris Pinney, Peter Danswell, Rosie Meredith and Duncan Price. All fairly sensible, positive, but, you know, as you would expect from Bengals fans in the UK, Nathan. Yeah, I'm always good to hear what the fans are saying. Some varying predictions there, but you know, uh, who knows, my son? It's a tough one. It's tough. I don't know. It's going to be difficult to predict this year. I think more than any other year. Agreed. Well, shall we have a go at it then? Shall we? Shall we, Nathan? Go on then. Go on then. Go on then. All right then. So, week one, Sunday, September the twelfth, six p.m. Hang on one sec. What? If we get this right. If we yeah. nail this, yes. every game, one of us, yeah. what we win. If we get, if we say the Bengals are going like ten and six or ten and seven or whatever it might yeah, be, yeah. every game is correct. And every Bengals UK fan's got by one of us a pint. Whoever nails it on. Well, I'm going to put it to the uh, listeners. Uh, what does the winner get if we get every single one right? You can make it as outlandish, and you know, obviously, we're not talking spending hundreds and hundreds of pounds. It's something. <laughs> Although if I win, pl- please spend hundreds of pounds on me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, listeners' suggestions, please, on a prize that either of us have to give each other if the other one gets uh, nails this uh, record prediction. Okay, so the Vikings. I am going to go for a home win. I'd love it, Sam. I'd be ecstatic if we could beat the Vikings we should we I think we really should beat the Vikings I don't think we're going to beat the Vikings I'm going for an away win I think we'll win because uh the Vikings have had a very up and down pre-season they're you know they're not great in the secondary should suit us you would imagine um 
pass rush has dropped off a little bit. I am worried about their skill position players, their Thielen, Jefferson, Jefferson, Thielen, Dalvin Cook. Cook. You know. I think Kirk Cousins is a lot better than people give him credit inconsistent, for. Inconsistent though, inconsistent. Yes, but... I don't know. I, I just think I think they're inconsistent, which their record proved. They are dangerous. I'm not sure whether they've improved over the the off season. And I think we're going to come out unusually for us and. We're going to tear it up. Oh, if we did, mate, I'd be absolutely buzzing because, like I said, I'm so intrigued to see what this team's got. There's so, especially on offense. I think defenses look quite solid. I'm quite positive about that. But obviously, with Joe Boy coming back off his injury, and we've seen nothing of him. I mean, apart from that sort of very reluctant rollout for three snaps he had the other day, and you know, in the preseason, you got Mixon coming back from an injury, didn't play much in the preseason. Jamar Chase has got butterfingers. It's not looked fantastic in practice. If we can gel it together on the day and it somehow works and we beat a team in the Vikings who are not, they're not a great team, but they're probably middle of the pack at home, it'd be such a confidence boost. Mm. I'd be humming on the podcast. The next one you hear me, I'd be humming, son. I'll hum for you. Okay. But I, I don't <laughs> think we're going to get it together that quick. I think it'd be a close game, but I don't think we've got it in us for that game. Okay. On to Chicago. I'm going for an away win. Yeah, I think we could beat the Bears. I think with Andy Dalton there, if he's playing, I think we that's a game I think we really could win. And I think maybe we're shaking the dust off a bit. I think that's definitely winnable. I just don't think... Um, their skill position players do not worry me. Obviously, they've got a good no. defence. I think it'll be close. I do think we're capable of winning that game. So I'm going to go for yeah. it. I'm going for a win there. Week three at... I'm going to go, sadly, for a home win in this game. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think the Steelers will be fantastic this year, but you say that, I've said that for the last two or three years, they've always been relatively competitive. I think they'll be competitive. I mean, I I think Nigel Harris was a great signing. I know their O line is all over the shop, but they're well. I know, yeah, I know. A lot of Bengals fans will be calling his names and shouting at their, their podcast providing receptacles, but they are well coached. You know what I mean? Yes. Throw yes, out all yes, the dirt yes. and the filth. They are well coached, and uh, no, I agree. They never, they rarely get done over the Steelers. They're always, like you said, they're quite well coached and they're always respectable. You never see them winning two or three games or getting beat by thirty. They're quite no. Yeah, they're quite yeah a bit of a unit. I think it's going to be a hard game to win that. I do so think, however, I do like the idea. I mean, Joe Boy has experienced Pittsburgh now once. Obviously, Ryan Finley was the hero in the home game. They know what it takes to beat the Steelers. And, mm. um, you know, I can just see Joe Boy wearing his SpongeBob, um, what is it called, square pants T-shirt, and it's striding into Heinz Field with swagger and you know especially if they're 2-0 and which I do have them down there is a chance to beat the Steelers for sure <laughs> i tell you what if, if we <laughs> if we stroll into Heinz Field 2-0 and and beat them and Joe Boy's got his Spongebob shirt on <laughs> so I'll be more than humming on this podcast I bet you will okay week four Bengals Jaguars yeah, you got to win that I mean you got that's. I mean, the Jags I think, have got I think Trevor Lawrence. It, yeah, I think it'll be. Marvin lot... Jones will be coming back to Paul Brown Stadium, a fan favourite. Yeah, 
But and it's a big weekend, Ring of Honor. Well, it's not weekend, it's yeah. Thursday night game, isn't it? So it's a short turnaround against the Steelers, uh, facing Trevor Lawrence, who's looked good in pre-season. They've got some nice weapons. I think they will be better this season. Oh, they're definitely better, yeah. They've you got know. some good players, the Jags. They've got Chark, haven't they? Yeah. Obviously, Marvin Jones. There's some decent skill positions there. Um, I'm still going home. you're at then. home, rookie quarterback. It's only you don't but Bestie is making his fourth start. You've got to fancy yourself in that one, haven't you? Yep, I do too. So at the moment, after four games, I got us a three and one. Nathan, you're two and two. And next, the following Sunday, we, we play the Packers at home. <laughs> right, okay. I think that's a loss for me as well, although I think it will be a good game. I, th- I do think the Packers do give you a chance. And uh, I think it will be a good game, but I wouldn't. I think they'll just edge us. It'd be fun I to see. Always if... remember that game at oh, home. Yeah. Bengals Packers. Jonathan Franklin runs it into the pile, fumbles it. Reggie Nelson scoops it out, runs it back. Oh, I was. I, I kicked over my laundry. Um, <laughs> yeah, the clothes horse thing when that happened. That was a fantastic memory. That was. Seventeenth uh, of October. Um, it, it, we go to Detroit to play the Lions. I'm going for an away win. I think yeah. the Lions will be better. I'm not seeing good things from them from pre season. Their skill position players aren't great. Jared Goff isn't. You know, he's a he's a good quarterback, but not a great one. Um, I just think we're going to win that game. I think we're a better team basically at this moment. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm going for a win there as well. Right. And then 24th of October, we're away to the Ravens. Nah. No. I think the Ravens are so... I think they're the team to beat in the AFC North. I think going away to them, we're, you, we might give them... A, that, that'd, be a, that, that'd be, I would say, maybe the Packers. Obviously, you're at home against the Packers. I think for us, obviously, a division game. I think that might be the toughest test we've faced all season um, going into Baltimore there. Uh, yeah, I agree. Although, you know, they've let go of Ingram. J.K. Dobbins is out for the season. Although they have invested in the wide receiver position. So it's kind of weird because they're built on the run game, but two of their key pieces are out. That So they've got some key injuries already. Yeah. But, but you have to say, you know, they're so good in scheme and know what they're doing. But again, you know, that is that, you know they, they got out-coached and out-played twice against the Ravens last year. And I'd be really interested to see whether they've learned from their mistakes and learned from those experiences. However, yeah. I am going for a Baltimore win on that one. Uh, 31st of October, it's at the Jets. Yeah, I mean, this is a game that we should win, I think. Obviously, another rookie quarterback. Jets are not projected to be very good this season. If you're going to be in any way competitive, that's a game you've really got to feel you're going to win. I know away wins in the NFL are obviously very hard. Going to New York, big stadium, feisty New York fans. It's going to be hard for sure, but I'm, I'm going to go just about for a win there. I do not have a good feeling about this game, and I don't know why. The Jets have had lots of adversity with injuries this year, but their new rookie quarterback looks quite good. and they've got, Yeah, he does. He's got some nice receiving weapons there. Um, yeah. I'm I'm still going for a home win. Um, sorry, no way win. Go on then. Uh, right, four Beng- and four there. What are you at, Sam? You're four and four. I'm five and three. Cool. All right. Uh, Bengals. You'd be well happy with that. If oh you, yeah. Either yeah. one of them, even at four and four, you're well in the mix there. Like you know, what I mean, nearly halfway through the season, five and three, everyone's purring. Absolutely. 
Uh, home to the Browns next. Now, I think the Browns are going to be pretty good this year, I have to say. Yeah. I don't yeah. like them. I dislike them. My my yeah. levels of dislike for them are up there now with the Steelers and the Cowboys, yeah. another team that I despise. Um, but uh, but um, if the offense starts to roll as they did last season and Joe Boy was looking fantastic... That was one of my, even though we lost the game, I really enjoyed that game against the Browns. It was really end-to-end stuff, some great stuff on both sides. I'm going to go a Bengals win. You're an optimistic man. I think the Browns are going to be good. That running back duo of um, Chubb and Hunt is unbelievable. They've got some skilled players either side of the ball. Mayfield's obviously Mayfield. He's probably... Oh, bang average isn't he at quarterback but I, I think unfortunately that's going to be a Browns win ok next uh, I think it's the bye week then and then the 21st of October uh, sorry November it's going to Vegas for the Raiders I don't know what to think about this game two very similar teams some good bits some average bits um, I don't know if we beat the Browns I think we'll go into, you know, we'll have a three-game winning streak, a two-game winning streak, according to me. So I'm going to say we go into the Raiders and win. I don't think well, they're that good. you tonight, son, I want, to put, I, want, I want you to send it over. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be a very hard game in that brand-new stadium. John Gruden, is he in year two or three now? He's going to, His team's... Pressure's on Gruden, though, man. Pressure's it on is on him, for sure. And I, I don't think they've ever really figured out the quarterback position. Derek Carr's still sort of like, you know, sort of soldiering on, isn't he? But I don't I think anyone really thinks that he's got a deep run in him. Um, they've got Darren Waller's fantastic, isn't he, at tight end. He's an excellent yeah, player. Yeah, and the running back's great as well. I mean, it's yeah, going to be a tough uh, game, but I think we, we've got... He's a good player. I, I, think, I think we'll do... Away games are so, so hard. I'm I've just... I think, unfortunately, I'm going Raiders there. Okay. Next, on 28th of November, we're going Bengals-Steelers. I think we'll split the series, and I'm going to say home win. I'm going home win. I mean, by your prediction, sir, we're Super Bowl bound here, so I'm not loving quite, it. Not I, quite, I am, not quite. I'm going for the, a home win as well in that one. I think that the Steelers, we should at least be able to get the series at home. I'd like to think we could grab one there. Uh, Bengals Chargers on the 5th of December. Should be a fantastic game, I think. Uh, I don't know what to think about this one. They've invested heavily in their offensive line. Justin Lawrence looks terrific. Keenan Allen is just great. I think their defence can be scored on, though. I really do. Um, Melvin Ingram's gone, obviously, but Bosa's back. Um, I don't know, man. I think I might I might, I might, might say a Chargers win here. Painful memories of that first game of last season. Oh, we should have won. I think, looking back on that, that AJ Green touchdown, I think that should have been a touchdown, not offensive pass interference. But we'll save that for another day. I think the Chargers are going to be very good this year. Um, we're at home I'm going to go for a Chargers win unfortunately Uh, and then we play the 49ers at home Um, backing us in that I'll back us in that I think we've got that I think that's at home 49ers yeah I can see that's a win in my book now the last time um, the 49ers played at Paul Brown Stadium they absolutely walloped us. Um, do you remember that? Uh, and Shanahan, yeah, I... Shanahan absolutely outcoached our guys. 
However, they're not quite the force they were. There's a bit of quarterback controversy there. I wonder who'll be starting uh, at that late stage of the season. I'm going to home win, sod it. Why not? Um, right, Broncos at Bengals. Now, this I do think Ooh. the Broncos are very similar to us, and um, I think it might be a, a home win for the Broncos, actually. I think Jerry well, Jude is going to be good. I think we good. can win this. I think this is a win in my book. I think we can do them. I don't... I think Drew Locke is still a bit unproven, and he. I don't. Well, Teddy Teddy, Brid, Teddy Bridwater's been named a starter, so. Oh, apologies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way, Teddy's a good player, and he. But he, yeah. He's obviously. I don't know, man. I think we can do that. Looking right, at them, I'll and put... I think we we need an away. Win don't talk yourself out of it. Don't talk yourself. Just go with it. Go up to my stadium. I, I, Teddy's durability. Is he got it? I don't know. But whenever there's a quarterback controversy controversy on a team, I always feel like the team is beatable. I, I'm going for a win there. Oh. I'm going for a win. Nice Christmas win for everyone. 19th of December. That'd be nice. Nice warm feeling going into the festive period. <laughs> nice. Right, now it gets really tough to find out for three games. Bengals-Ravens at home at PBS. I, again, I think the Ravens will... depends, actually, because yep. where are you at the moment? You've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yours at the moment, seven, and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So, so you're seven and seven. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I'm nine. I'm nine and five. So the Bengals at this stage, in my book, have got a shout for the playoffs, right? More than a shout at nine and five. Absolutely. Um, so I'm going to say home win against the Ravens. Yeah, I tell you what, son, like you're, if you go in 10 and five, you're rock hard with your pants down. You're ready to go at that point. Like, you're not mucking about there, son. Jesus I am not. Christ. But I tell you now, that's... Be, the... I don't, I, I, if we beat the Ravens this year, unless there's any fluke injuries and they lose Lamar Jackson or whatever... It'll be a mad win for us. As it much as I'd be. love it, it I, I'm unfortunately going for a Ravens win. I think they're a very strong team. Bengals Chiefs. I think it'll be a cracking game. I do. Hopefully I think. I think we'll score points on them, but there's no way we'll beat them. No way. No way. So I'm no, going for I remember defeat. the last time we came up against them. Do and not. It was, <laughs> not it was, it was on, miserable. It was on prime time when it, and it was horrible watch. I, I can't see that either. Unfortunately, so I'm going for the Chiefs. And finally, we're at the Browns, and I think that's a loss. Yeah, I'm with you there. So basically, you've gone for seven and ten, and I yeah, I, I feel that's what that's exactly how I feel. Really, I think we're about in and around there. I think we could maybe go two above that. I think we could go two below that. But I think seven and ten is at the moment where I roughly see us. I think. Well, I've gone for the almost opposite, the palindromic uh, opposite. <laughs> ten and seven, I've gone for. Wow. Uh, but again, obviously, that could be. Uh, this team, you're right, is very difficult to predict, and um, yeah, but we'll see. Anyway, it's, it's enough. Go on, then. What, what were you going to say? It's a very interesting year, and I think that we've not spoke too much about Zach Taylor in the off season and the sort of holistically where we are as a team. I really do think that we, you know, you go in there, you're saying we could a ten and seven. I don't think you're wrong. I don't think that's impossible. I'm absolutely not going to sit here and say there's no chance. A lot of things would have to, yeah, go right. Basically, go you know, no. yeah, it would. There's a lot of if buts and maybes that would have to be 
go the right direction. There's definitely talent. I mean, if Joe Burrow played like the second year quarterback, Joe Burrow, that we thought we drafted and that we saw last year for the first five, nine, ten games, I would completely agree with you that you, you've drafted Jamar Chase, who on paper looks like a fantastic wide receiver. Burrow will be coming into his second year. Zach Taylor's got two solid years of coaching under his belt. He'll only be better as a coach. The defense looks a lot better. You've got good players there. You know, you've got a young linebacker group that you're hoping is going to improve. The offensive line, you've got Frank Pollock back. There's a lot of, well, it could work, but there's also a lot of people coming back from injuries. Joe Burrow is coming off a very yeah. serious knee injury, ACL, MCL, complete reconstruction, hasn't played a snap since properly. Um, Jamar Chase has had problems. I still think on the offensive side of the ball with Taylor and Brian Callahan. Brian Callahan is one of the strangest men in the Bengals organizations because you don't hear a lot from him. He's not really the quarter. He doesn't really call the plays. He's more of a sort of quality control guy. That offense, in terms of the play calls, the creativity, the innovation, the game planning, there's still a lot of question marks there. I think a lot of us last season and the season before last weren't sure how that was panning out. What would Lou do? Everyone last year, there was a lot of questions mm -hmm. around him. Has he got it right? It's, the defense has looked good in practice. It's looked good in the preseason, but... Once the pads are on and you're playing some proper teams and you've got Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson streaming down the sidelines at you with Delvin Cook coming out of the backfield, how are they performing against those guys? So it's there's a lot of questions for me. There's no obvious pro bowlers on our team apart from Jesse Bates that I think you could say that guy is going to play at a guaranteed pro bowl level. There's people that could if they stepped up, but there's not any absolutely dominant Almost certainly, if they're healthy for 16 games, they're going to make it. Like Geno Atkins would have been, like AJ Green would have been back in the day. So, yeah, it's, in, it's Zach's roster as well. There's a lot of young guys. You said the average age of that team's 25, which, like you said, is fantastic. But you've got people got to learn quick. They've got to adjust quick. They've got to step up and play. And I think the final thought from me, the final thought, and I've said this before, I'll say it again. I want us, I don't, I'm not saying we have to win 10, 11 games for the season to be a success. I want us to be in the hunt. That's all I want to see. I want to get to sort of end of November and us to be in the conversation. I just don't want another season where we're three and seven or something. We're sort of playing for pride. Should Zach be fired or not? I want to see us in the mix. And if we finish seven and 10, but like I said, we were seven and seven. And even if we crumble at the last three games against good teams, because our, our schedule is very one-sided. If you look at the, the start of it, that's your opportunities. Vikings at home, Bears are not a good team, the Jags are not a good team, the Lions are not a good team, the Jets are not a good team. You play them in your first eight games, you fancy yourself there. Down the stretch, if you've got to win games, you've got to go to Denver, Ravens at home, your Chiefs at home, and then Browns on the road to finish up. That's going to be hard work. You know, you need to be probably ahead of um, where you ideally want to, to squeeze a win or two out of them lot at the end of the season. So I want to see us, unlike we've done in the last couple of seasons, come out strong at the start, win a few games, get some belief behind us. And if it falls apart at the end, then fair enough. But at least it gave the fans a, an exciting season. Maybe we've grown as a team. We've learned lessons. Players have shown their potential. I'll take that. I just don't want to see a situation where we're, we're shit at the start of the season. People are a little bit annoyed and you get that dead cat bounce at the end of the season. And 
you know, you go from being sort of four and ten and finish seven and ten, and then it's a question of, well, we looked a bit better at the end of the season. Should we give him another year? You know, what's the problem here? I, I want to see his fight from the start, not just at the end of the season where people are sort of coasting a bit. So that's the real thing I'm looking for from the team is to start fast and be competitive. Yeah, I'll say two things to that. I do think Brian Callahan is... Um... There's more to him than just being a quality control guy. Um, secondly, um, I, I kind of agree. What I want to see is us finish games. I just want to see there's plenty yeah, of talent there. Too many games last year that we were winning and just threw it away, whether we were whether it was down to coaching or mental toughness or yeah. that winning habit, whatever you want to call it. Um, I yeah. think they should. those young players will should know how to get stuff over the line, and also the coaches as well. So it's a big year for everyone, really. And, you know, I went for 10 and 7. I do think 10 wins is the ceiling for this team. Uh, I think 7 or 8 is probably more likely, but it could go lower than that. And then we'd have to have a serious conversation uh, at the end of next year. But anyway, let's stop talking uh, for a moment and bring in your favourite and mine, Mr Jeff Hobson. (laughs) And as promised, it is Nobel Prize-winning physicist, male stripper, and part-time driving instructor, Mr. Jeff Hobson, makes his return. Jeff, how are you doing? It's great to be. It's great to be back uh, on 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 the wire in the UK. It's tremendous. Uh, thanks for having me back. I, I know you guys have no hard feelings about Lexington and Concord, which is good. <laughs> of course, yeah. Um, so, Jeff, we, we, we have you on lots of times, but traditionally we have you on at this time of year for um, season preview. Nathan and I have just gone through our, the fixtures and, got, and named our record prediction. I've gone for 10 and 7. Nathan's gone for 7 and 10. But Nathan, Nathan really did uh, make the point that it's very difficult to quantify where this team's at and it's perhaps the most difficult team to kind of work out what they're going to be like. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Uh, I don't have a handle. I have the same handle on them. after watching them in three preseason games as I did in May, as I did in July, as I did in August. I mean, I think you guys are exactly right. Uh, you know, the first team, what, the most we've seen them was 11 snaps, I think, uh, in Washington. Um, you know, I, I, the one definitive thing I think I can say is defensively they're better. You know, I right. think we can say that. That's about I think the only thing that probably comes out of the out of training camp. The offense, I just don't. I just don't think you know. Mm. So was it? Do you think Zach was being overcautious in his approach to kind of uh, snaps for the first team offense in preseason, or was it being quite? sage and and wise about things well if somebody get hurt it would have been reckless nobody get hurt but if they come out and don't play well no i don't know if i don't know if he can win or lose Mm. i think i think what he did he got to the gate he got the opening day with the 11 guys that he wanted to on offense so to me in this day and age that's a success you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that, that's, uh, you know, I don't know how else to gauge it because you certainly you can't, you know, it's a different game. It just seems like guys get hurt more often, easier for whatever reason, probably because the guys are bigger and faster than they ever were. But 
I think that has to be the number one thing. You got to get in there, especially the way after you ended the season to get to the gate with the guys you want to get to the gate with. To me, that's, that's an accomplishment, especially when you go through a training camp, they had nine, they had eight or nine, you know, spring practices, which were, albeit they were not the classic spring practices of the days of old, they were still practices. They were basically walkthroughs, but they were still out there. They still could have get hurt. So, you know, put me down for the, put me down for the category that says, if he gets him to the gate healthy, he did his job. And if they come out, if they come out and if they come out rusty or if they come out like they, you know, like they, I, I, I just think that's, I think that's a price you have to pay. You have to gamble that you've put in the snaps, you put in the walkthroughs, you've put in all the practice, that that is going to, uh, that the talent that you have on the field is going to overcome all that. You said, Jeff, there's like, obviously we know there's a lot of question marks on the team and there's obviously some definite potential there. Obviously, Joe Burrow is one of those things that if he's healthy and he's playing at the level we know he can play at, that's going to be a huge plus for us. But aside from that, what question marks do you think are most important that go right that makes this team above 500? Like, what are the key areas on the team that you think need to prosper? Got to start with the offensive line, right? Probably offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. Um, you know, they're, uh, I think they did the major things that they had to do. I, I think they went out and they got a, the new offensive line coach. Mm. That was major. They got a veteran tackle. That was major. You know, they drafted a guy high in the second round, who I think will probably be, they think he's progressing well enough. We may see him, you know, uh, at some point uh, early in the season, maybe before the bye, maybe around the bye. But I think they like the way Jackson Commons going. But Nathan, to me, there's no question. It's the, how does this, how does this offensive line play? You know, and yeah. uh, I don't know. Like I said, we're back to, that's kind of in peace. That, that's kind of come together in the last 10 days or so because, they moved on from Michael Jordan and they went with their veteran guards. And uh, I think, you know, they made a decision there that, look, we're going to go, at least we're going to play guys that know what they're doing. I don't think there's any question that the rookie interior people, the, the, the Hill, the, you know, the Trey Hills, the Jackson Commons, the Dante Smiths, physically they're an upgrade from what they got but now, but are they going to know what to do? So I think they're really balancing that on the offensive line right now. And then, and therein lies the, Lies, lies the answer that we're looking for. Start with the offensive line and uh, also, you know, the use of Joe Mixon, the running game. I think it has to be used more heavily, more emphasized to protect Burrow. We'll see how that goes. That's another category. That's play calling. That's game management. And then, of course, obviously defense. I mean, you know, I kind of track this. You guys will know this because you're, you know, you're, you know, Bengals all the time. You know, I, I, I call it the Trevian, the, uh, I think it was, is it Trevor Simeon, the guy from the Broncos who came yeah. in here and threw four <laughs> touchdown passes in the 2016 home opener? Yeah. Um, it seems like they haven't been right since. So they've been trying to find kind of that, that you know, that magic they had with Zimmer and the, from 2010 to 2015, you know? So I think it's kind of ironic and fitting that the Vikings, Mike Zimmer's Vikings, are the opening opponent because I think – this defense is the best it's been since the Zimmer days, I would think, or the Polly Gunther days, which is, you know, Polly Gunther was his top assistant who was the defensive coordinator for, I think, four years after Zim was, four or five years after Zim was, and who is actually with the Vikings now. So I think, you know, the way, they, the way they've played in the spring, the way they played in the summer, defensively I'm talking about now, they're clearly an upgrade. I mean, that's, you know, you don't have to be, uh, 
you know, you don't have to be Newt Rockney to see that, that they're just so much better up front at linebacker and in the back end. So um, I guess that's, Nathan, I get to answer, you know, that that's a question, I guess, but I, I think that's a question that's already been answered. I think they're going to be, they'll be better. Speaking about it, defense, I think we've been we over here just watching it from thousands of miles away. We've been quite uh, impressed, actually, impressed at the, the pass rush, we were impressed on the back end as well. The coverage, it's a real shame that Trey Waynes is potentially out for week one. Um, who's impressed you? You're not allowed to say Joseph Asai because he's not going to be around <laughs> for a long time. Yeah. So let's just forget about him and hope he gets back next year or firing. But who who else has impressed you on that, on that defence, Jeff? Trey Hendrickson, uh, the guy they got from the Saints to me, he's a... He's a real he's, – he's a presence out there, not only on the pass rush, but against the run. You know, and that's what they were looking for. Remember, this club, the last three years, they've given up the most rushing yards in the league. You know, they, they, they have yet to stop Lamar Jackson. Right? I mm-hmm. think Jackson is 5-0 and oh against them. You, gotta do, you have to stop Baltimore. You have to stop Jackson. That stats with setting the edge, and I think that's what they really tried to do in the draft and free agency. And Hendrickson, I think, fits the bill. He gives you a pass rush, but he's also stout against the, uh, against the run. So I like him. In there, uh, a woozy uh, from Dallas has been as advertised. As advertised, I mean, a reliable, fundamental guy who's not going to make a lot of mistakes, and he's going to be, and he's going to, he's going to be where he should be doing what he should do. And I, he certainly showed that to me. You know, tracking Antonio Brown on the one route, you know, and tracking uh, Scary Terry down in Washington on the two routes, the two deep routes that we've seen, you know, so I think he, I think a has been advertised. So, you know, I'll take a, uh, I'll take one guy in the front in Hendrickson and two and another guy in the back in a woozy. Jeff, we've got to ask you about Jamar Chase. Obviously everyone very, very excited about him being drafted in the first round, top five pick, obviously some fantastic tape at LSU. He took a year out. He struggled a bit in preseason and, been a few rough practices there. What have you seen from him? Do you think this is going to be something he irons out fairly quickly? Yeah, I do. I mean, as, as someone once told me, uh, he has to. He has no choice. He's the fifth pick in a draft. Uh, I, yeah, because there's nothing in his resume. There's nothing on his, in the back of his baseball card, if you will, that would suggest that he's going to do this. I mean, it's just the opposite. Mm. So, I mean, I'm not looking for excuses for the kid, but I'm just looking at his at – his, at his, uh, uh, what do they like to call it? The body of work, you know, and the body of work was, you know, I, what do you have? I don't know I, what the pro football focus lines are, but the guy had, uh, I don't know, the guy, uh, the guy had fewer drops than AT&T, I guess. Right. At, at what, what do you do? What do you have? Like four drops or something last season in college or two years ago. And I think that's part of it right there, fellas. He, he was off for a year. I don't think that helped him. He's making an, and he, and he's making an adjustment to the league. And I think he's putting pressure on himself. Again, these aren't excuses. I think these are, this is just the facts of life. Obviously, if he keeps doing this, you know, he can't do it. He, he can't keep doing it. But I don't think he will because his track record is he's got good hands. He doesn't drop the ball. So why is he doing it now? That's a good, that's a good question. Like I said, I think being off a year, making the jump, I think these, you know, making a jump to the league into a new offense, I think these are some valid reasons. Uh, okay, we've talked about the composition of the roster. Let's talk about the games themselves. Is there anything or any game that you're particularly looking forward to? Um, there's some, there's some mouth. If the Bengals are competitive, 
this year. There could be some really mouth-watering games, I think. Yeah, uh, I mean, I always look at the, you know, you can't go anywhere unless you win the division. Mm-hmm. You know, so I always look at the division because you're playing twice a year. They count, they count so much. They mean so much. And if you're going to go anywhere, you got to win them. And, uh, you know, uh, to me, a big thing is uh, the last three years, the last two years, the last two years, they just have not stopped the run. They haven't stopped the run anywhere, but particularly in the division. Cleveland and Baltimore have yeah. hurt them in the division uh, running the ball. So to me, these are the measuring stick games, Cleveland and Baltimore. Uh, you got you got to beat these teams. You got to stop them running the ball. That's what I'm really interested to see because I think they really did a good job to remake the defense with that in mind. I, I do think they have the people, they, you know, their linebackers, I think they feel like with Logan Wilson and with, uh, with uh, Marcus Bailey and Davis Gaither, I think they feel like they can, they can run, they run the Pratt. They, they got a guy that can run, they can run to the ball. They can make plays, you know, and I think they feel like they have the edge people and they have the defensive tackles. I mean, I think, you know, we haven't, uh, you know, I, I didn't, uh, I should have put Larry Ogunjobi. Dan Hort's not going to like the way I did that, but Dan Ogunjobi, Larry Ogunjobi, I think has been he's been excellent. Yeah. You know, readers back. So I think, to me, the games I want to see Baltimore and Cleveland and what they do against the run. That's that's going to decide their fate. Jeff, I'm not going to pin you down for a, like Paul and I have done on a, an exact target for how many games this team's going to win, but give us a. F- floor and a ceiling, the best this team could possibly be and potentially the worst this team could be. Where, where do you, what sort of rough area do you see? Them probably right there with you guys. Uh, what you yeah. said seven and 10 and Paul said 10 and seven. I think, you know, yeah. probably, uh, that probably right there. Uh, yeah. I, you know, and I, and I don't think 10 wins is a uh, fleeting fantasy either. I mean, look at the schedule. Mm. Uh, there's 10 wins there, you know, you steal a couple, which you should be able to do with borrow. And, uh, you know, you get, you know, you get out of the thing. I mean, um, uh, you know, just look at that schedule, you know. Uh, um, Star in particular is quite, there's a, like Chicago, Jacksonville, Detroit. You, gotta be, you know, you got to be, yeah. you know, you got to go to Chicago and, and win there, you know. Uh, you, you, you you beat Pittsburgh at home and, you know, you'd think you'd got a shot. You know, people kind of uh, poo-poo that Pittsburgh win, but, you know, Pittsburgh had to win that game. Yeah. You know, they had to win that game and uh, they came in here and they got nothing. Mm. Uh, and they beat him with a backup quarterback. So, you know, I, that's a huge September 26th in Pittsburgh, huge, but, uh, you know, but Jacksonville, uh, you ought to, you ought to, you ought to, you got to beat here. You know, you, you probably, you know, you got to beat Detroit, right. You know, you got to beat the jets, um, Vegas. I don't know how strong Vegas. you know, Vegas is on the road, but still it's Vegas, the Raiders, you know, they're not, uh, you should be able to beat them. I would think, uh, you got the Chargers here. That's a winnable game. You got to win out at Denver. You know, um, you know, you, you, even if you just split your AFC North games, right? Yeah. You know, uh, you're making, you know, you're making a run at ten wins. I think. I mean, I think uh, there's some winnable games out there that uh, that that they're going to win. Well, Jeff, I think we're excited. We're less. Well, no, we are less than a week away now to, to till the first game. Uh, and uh, we should be reading you as senior writer, of course, on Bengals.com. As ever, Jeff, thank you so much for the time. The emphasis, um, unfortunately, Paul, is on senior, I guess, right? Sorry, say again. I, I said the emphasis is on, is on senior, I guess. <laughs> no, 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 I no, feel, no, no. Uh, I feel young, though. <laughs> you look young. You are young. You're fine. You're fine. Um, 
Jeff, we can't wait to see the season and obviously we'll be in touch throughout. So thanks for all your hard yep. work and thank you for joining us again. You're welcome back anytime. You know that. I love it. And uh, I got to I got to have you guys on, but I don't know if they want me to uh, put me on video. So I can't blame them. But if <laughs> if they do, you 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 guys will be one of the first to know. OK, well, love having you on, Jeff. Thanks so much, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate yeah, it. Great likewise. seeing you guys. Great seeing you guys. Stay safe. Yeah. And Let's you. Do it again soon. Yes, sir. Well, there we go. That was uh, Jeff Hobson for your uh, delectation there. We always love having Jeff on. And he seemed to echo what we were thinking. It's kind of difficult to predict where they're going to be and how they're going to be as a team this year, aren't they? Yeah, completely. And I thought it was interesting he said that that sort of floor ceiling is right between our level of sort of seven to ten wins. And I think that's where we're all... I think a lot of people will be sitting, obviously the fans that... They're sending their predictions in today. You still feel similarly, I think. I don't think anyone's giddy that we're going to win 12 or 14 games. And I don't think anyone's pessimi- uh, pessimistic enough with Joe Boy to say, look, we're only going to win two or three. So, fingers crossed. I mean, like you said, there's there's winnable games in there. You know, there's 10 wins is not out of the question. If Joe Boy Burrow can stay healthy, uh, you've got to think that there's some wins in there, you know. I mean, there were some very close games last year that could have gone either way. So... Yeah, one thing I will mention, I didn't mention before, Jeff, was I do think COVID's going to play some sort of part in this season. I think it's going to rear its ugly head at some point, but that's uh, non-footballing, isn't it? Anyway, before we get to our announcement and your tweets and some more Bengals fans in the UK's predictions, let's play the name game. So, Nathan, I've got 12 names for you, and um, are you ready? Well, I am absolutely ready, my son. Okay. <laughs> Benning Patoye. <laughs> what, is this a player that's in the NFL at the moment? Yeah, the the right, the correct ones are players that are all in the NFL. And obviously I've thrown in some made-up names and you've got to guess which one's which. True or false? So, Benning Patoe. False. No, he plays for the Bucks. Fucking hell. All right. Captain Mannering. No, that's he's, I've heard of him, yeah, he's true. <laughs> no, he's not. Oh, that was Captain Mullering. No, there was a geezer called Captain <laughs> Mullering or something there. Yeah, there was, yeah. Captain Mannering is in Dad's Army. Um, <laughs> okay. Kai Iris Tonga. False. No, he plays for Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at 0-3 here. You're 0-3. Okay. Oh. Cameron Cheeseman. True. It is true. He plays for Washington. Uh, Marquise Broccoli. Ah, definitely not. No way. <laughs> no, he's not. I made that up. Aesop Pigeon. There's absolutely no way. <laughs> no, he's made up now. You you pulled it back, Nathan. That makes a three. I'll be happy with the Bengals at three and three. I tell absolutely. you, absolutely. Senio Calamate. Oh, this one's a tough one. I'm going to say no. He does play for the 49ers. I should have known that. It would have been a hard one for you to make up there. I'd have been impressed if you'd exactly. been able to make that up. I should have known better. Corbin Kalfusi. Oh, I'm going to go true. You are correct to go through another 49er. 
Tea's table. True. It is true. It plays for the Bears. So you're now... The Bears and the 49ers love their funny names, don't they? Five and four. Shinty Brownstain. Absolutely no way. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how... I don't know who gets more pleasure out of this game, me or you, because I get to make these ridiculous (laughs) names up. Okay. Dillman Philman. No way. No, you're right. It is no way. I've clawed this back quite comfortably. You have, seven yeah. Or four, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jojo Natson. No, there is, yeah, there's a Jojo Natson, I'm sure. He does. He plays for the Browns. And finally, Lonnie Piss. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to say no. You're correct. So you pulled it back from being 0 and 3 and you're 8 and 4. I think I owe you a beer go, for that's, that. That's what I want to see from the Bengals, you know. I want to see, well, I want to see them start strong, but if they get to if they could turn it around like that, we'll all be we'll all be very happy fans. Absolutely. Uh so there's your pre-season uh name game. Okay, let's get to our correspondence and uh, as you can imagine there's, there's a lot of them, so let's go through them. Jamie at Trequite Beaster. I think we're seven and ten. I think Arizona will be a force. And Paris Pinney at Paris Pinney. My dark horse in the NFC is the football team. Everyone talks up the Cowboys, but Washington probably has a better roster overall. Top five defense. They now have decent weapons across the board offensively. If Fitzmagic plays well, they could make a deep run into January. Um, yeah, I tend to agree with their defense. That's that's well heralded. But on offense, they've added Diami Brown uh, from the draft, who I was big on. Uh, Curtis Samuel to go with Terry McLaurin. They've got Antonio Gibson. They've got a nice team, I think. And if, uh, as Paris said, if if uh, Fitzmagic can indeed work some of that magic, then. Who knows? They could be a bit of a dark horse there. Exciting, isn't it? Uh, Who's next? Let's have a look. Michael Smith at solid underscore handle. Nathan's not here right now, so I'd I'd give that a solid. Solid handle. I think we could go 11-6 at best. Those last three games of the regular season are brutal, and it will feel like reversing into the playoffs rather than gathering momentum. My dark horse is the Chargers. I think uh, you and a lot of other people uh, might watch out for those Chargers. Andrew Dockerell at Dockers 77, 7 and 10. The Bills are scary deep. Could they take down KC for the AFC? Um, Browns have never won the North. This is their best shot. Diami Brown has a shot to become wide receiver too in Washington. Javonta Williams should soon become RB1 in Denver. And, listeners, I've just selected Javonta Williams for my fantasy team. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, Slam Dunk at Slam Dunk the Funk. Our record will be 4-13. and 13. I'll patiently wait to be pleasantly surprised. Lots of intriguing roster moves, but just want JB, JM, TH, TB and JC to be as electric as we anticipate as we should have a good season. Lots of code words there, Duncan. I hope we, we'll try and work that out later. Um, ben Wintle at Shabba underscore Dabba. 
Uh, ben, good to hear from you, man. Bonjour, boys, and big up Bengals UK crew. It is time to forget who my wife is and become twinned with Cincinnati. That sounds a bit ominous, Ben. Um, I love a lot of our roster, but six wins in two years is something I cannot forget. I believe we will end up 6-11. and 11. But anything less than eight wins and ZT needs to go. I think that uh, replicates a lot of... Uh, lot of people um okay let's bring in our second batch of uh predictors shall we i'm lucy and i've been a bengals fan since the mid 1980s because of that i'm a bit of a pessimist so bearing that in mind i reckon our bengals will go seven and ten this season finishing last in the division or third above the squealers. Aside from the usual concerns that our O-line holds up and we're able to stop the run, I'm fairly hopeful that Tyler Boyd, my favourite current player, will be our dark horse this season and will break out of the slot to amass close to a thousand yards. Of course, I hope for so much more. Who day? I'm Sean, aka Disciple of Ange. So this season I'm going for a 9-8 record with a hot start followed by a bit of a ropey finish. Borrow to win comeback player of the year and be an MVP talking until around week 12. And yeah, who day? Hello Bengals UK and who day nation, Sam Ainger. Um, what I'd like to see this season, especially at the start of the season, is Jamal Chase and get over the yip situation that he's in. The talent's there. I'm sure he'll do it. And if he does, we'll turn into an incredible wide receiving core. Um, my prediction for the season ending, I'm thinking nine wins at the most, which I think will be a, a relatively successful season, especially in the division that we're playing. Good day, everyone. Hi, this is Leanne Fitzpatrick giving my view on the season from Manchester. I'm really looking forward to seeing a healthy offence this year who are clicking together. Obviously having Borrow back, but the likes of CJ Uzi getting some great catches and Jonah Williams helping out our line. Given the tough matchups we have throughout the season, I'm reckoning it will be 7 and 10. That was uh, Lucy Huskinson, Sean Caldicott, uh, Sam Anger, and Leanne Fitzpatrick there. So uh, thank you to those guys for uh, contributing. And I think, yeah, it's all pretty similar. Around the 7 to 10 wins sort of mark. Um, yeah, very interesting. I think there is a, a low and a high ceiling for sure with this team. Uh, it'll be very, very, very interesting. Duncan uh, at Dastardly Duncan has added to his thoughts there. Rams and unfortunately the Browns will be the biggest threats to KC and Tampa Bay in my opinion. On offense, I'd keep an eye on Terrace Marshall and defense Greg Rousseau. Well, there we go. I think I I advocated for Terrace Marshall in the in the draft if we didn't go chase in the first round. So it'll be interesting to see how he gets on down in Carolina. James at Jimmy HD, five or six wins at best for me. Divisional record will be their undoing again. T will go off big time. Lack of depth in defence will halt of uh, halt a promising start on that side of the ball. Browns look stronger than uh, last year. Annoyingly fancy them to go far. I, I kind of do, unfortunately, as well. 
Asa shoots at Asa shoots. Oh, no. um, six and eleven. Uh, we have a really tough schedule. AFC North and West have six genuine playoff contenders and maybe three possible Super Bowl teams. I fancy the Chargers and Broncos to to both have good seasons. Can't wait to see if Higgins can make a second year leap and if Mixon can be an elite running back. It's going to be interesting with Mixon, isn't it? Um, I do wonder how they're going to use him. And I also wonder how how much they're going to use uh, 11 personnel. I think that they were one of the, the, the teams that used that uh, formation the most last year, up into the uh, sort of eight, around the 80% mark. That's quite a lot. And, of course, they went empty set as well quite quite regularly, uh, which didn't work with our offensive line. And I wonder now if our offensive line plays better, that that empty set spread formation will be... Um, Easy to run and more successful. But, of course, you know, last year the offence was rolling before Burrow got injured. The offence really was rolling. So I wonder how long it will take for them to kind of get back to that level. And, of course, you know, as Jeff said, the defence hopefully will be much better this year. So, I mean, really, who knows? Very tough team to... to um, Figure out this Bengals team at the moment. Martin Matthews at Dorset Bengals. All I want is meaningful games through the season. I hate the whole jostling for draft order and so-called fans hoping the team don't win to increase draft capital. It's time to start looking up instead of down, to look for positives and to challenge the Ravens and Steelers. Eight and nine? Yeah, I think that'd be cool, wouldn't it? What I would quite like is for the Bengals to get off to a good start. You know, they're going to have their ups and downs. That's every team does, you know, and it's the Bengals, so we kind of expect that. But what I would love, I'd love it, Brian, if um, we got to that Kansas City game and we went in there with some momentum and we were playing with confidence and we had to win that game. I'm just really intrigued by that Kansas game because, you know, they're a fantastic team. Obviously, they're favourites for the AFC. Um, but I don't know. I think we'd give them a game if we've got wins under our belt and we're coming into that game, you know, on the back of, say, two or three wins. Um, I think confidence would be up. crowd would be going completely nuts. Uh, I wonder. I'll be looking forward to that game. Um, Keith Matthews. Um, at Silver Surfer, let's not try to be eliminated from the competition for a wild card spot until week 16 at the very earliest. Uh, goes along with what we've been saying there. Um, any others? Yes. Uh, let's have a look. Steve Blake at Lord Blakey. Puffer Snuzzle Crabbly. Well, I don't think we picked him up off waivers, did we? Um, maybe we should look out for that name. I don't know. Uh, Nigel Granger at Fleet underscore Risk. I think Burrow, Chase, Mixon and Higgins will have breakout seasons. I'm predicting 10 wins and the division wins. King, hashtag Kings of the North. <laughs> Hello, Nigel. Steady on. That would be great, wouldn't it? Real turn up for the books. The national media already poo-pooing our chances. There's a lot of poo-poo about... And the national media are uh, guilty of spreading that poo-poo and poo-pooing our uh, poo. So um, it'd be nice to throw some poo-poo back in their poo-pooing faces, wouldn't it, really? Let's face it. Odat at DZE, they're an enigma. 
A roster with real talent at skill positions, but I'm not convincing Zach or Lou. More competitive, but it's all about the W's. And so I think around six or seven wins, I'll have my eyes on Pitts and Terrace Marshall. And I'm curious about what happens with Rogers at Green Bay. Aren't we all, Martin? Aren't we all? Um, Brian at Brian Sin Bengals. No predictions until I've seen uh, if the offensive line gets Joe flattened or not. The Vikings, Bears and Steelers will provide a clear picture of this team's floor right off the bat. And Yeah, absolutely. You know, those games really could go either way. They're winnable, but, you know, we've got to win them. We've got to start off well. But, you know, Joe's going to get hit this season. Every quarterback gets hit, you know. So uh, we need to be prepared for Joe getting flattened once or twice. But let's hope the pre-season form where the Bengals didn't, I think they allowed one sack maybe. Uh, let's hope that continues, certainly in pass protection. Uh, and let's see what Joe, and let, let's hope Joe sort of snaps back into um, game match sharpness relatively quickly. Let's hope so. Uh, Donny at Ippy Don, think we need to hit the ground running. The last six games look more difficult than the first. With momentum, can we sneak a winning season? Never thought I'd be the most excited about a kicker, but McPherson is going to go over 60 yards this season. I can feel it in my bones. Well, Donny, but I think you hit on a very interesting point. How many games did we lose by a field goal or more? How many extra points, key extra points, did we miss last year? If we can start winning those close games, you know, hello, hello. And now we have, um, well, I teased it at the start of the show, didn't I? Uh, an announcement. Yes, we do have an announcement. And that announcement is we are going to be having a meetup. Now, obviously, things may change between now and uh, then. But for now, a date is in the books to have a meetup. It's our 11th meetup. It's going to take place in London on Sunday, October the 17th uh, at the Tap Room, uh, yeah, which is the kind of function room, uh, the brew house and kitchen. Now, people may remember we've had a meetup there before a couple of years ago. We watched the Tampa Bay game at home when we Randy Bullock kicked a last second field goal to win. Uh, we're going to have it back there because it's like really, really well ventilated. There's lots of room to move around and it's pretty easy for people to get to in London or if you fancy coming in from outside of London, it's pretty easy to get to. Um, Cracking food and beers as well. Absolutely. It's a great venue. It's perfect for us. Perfect in COVID times screen. as well. Big, big sort of projection screen. Everything. And we will be watching a live game. It's the Bengals... Uh, at the Lions on Sunday, October the 17th. But also, more importantly, we wanted to have a meet-up because it's the five-year anniversary of the Bengals' first London game in 2016. And if you remember those halcyon nights in the Admiralty where we drank, literally drank the place dry um, and we met so many people that we'd only ever conversed with on the internet... So we thought we wanted to mark that occasion really with something, well, something. And uh, we've got a few things planned for the evening, but of course the central focal point will be the game, Bengals at Lions. Uh, it starts at 5 o'clock, finishes at 10. So I hope you guys can make it. I hope as many of you come down or come over or come up or come across. 
as you can. I know it's tricky with COVID times and some of you might not want to travel at all and that's absolutely fine. But um, we're aiming to make this as safe as possible for people who do want to come. So we'll be posting this online. Flyers will go up. Uh, a little kind of tick list of what you might want to consider before coming along will go up. But in the meantime, put this date in your diary, Sunday, October the 17th, uh, the fifth year anniversary of the 2016 London game. Uh, Bengals uh, at Lions, some other fun stuff going on uh, at the Brewhouse and Kitchen on Highbury Corner in Islington, North London. So there we go, Nathan. We're back at it, and hopefully that all nothing will happen to kind of um, curtail that event. Um, right, it's an exciting time, and I mean the fact that we can even fathom a meet up, and obviously we hope it goes ahead. You know, you never know what happens at the moment. It's a bit of a crazy time, but the fact we can even confidently say, "Yep, yeah, we've got something planned, we've got it booked." You know, a big thank you to you, Sam, for arranging and organising it on behalf of all the fans. You know, you do a cracking job, and obviously, if it goes ahead, it'd be a fabulous evening it's be amazing to watch a live game that's the one thing i think in covid watching any sport that i've missed is the atmosphere you can't generate an atmosphere on your own at home even with a friend you know it's great to have sort of 10 20 30 people in a bar all cheering for the same team and that's the one thing i love about the meetups and there's a live game when you're all in the same boat it's fantastic that atmosphere so really looking forward to it okay there we go i hope you enjoyed our season preview uh, it goes without saying, we're literally days away from the start of the 2021 season. Uh, Vikings at Bengals on Sunday from Paul Brown Stadium. We will be rolling out and starting up, cranking up our online tailgate. So look out for that on Sunday afternoon. Uh, it'll be 4.30, I think. Um, so look out for those and do get involved. You know, we post the link out there and if you want to come on and say hello and give us your thoughts about the game you're more than welcome uh, and of course we've got the meetup later on what i didn't say is that it's not going to be just this meetup in london in october there will be another one before the season's out i'm sure of that plans are, are already in place um so lots to look forward to nathan and uh this time next week we will be dissecting an actual nfl game Nathan, how Madness. exciting is that? Madness. I'm excited. I think it's a good game for us first up. I think it's great for us to be at home. I know all the fans, a lot of the fans uh, listening to this podcast. I'm sure there'll be a lot of you guys that are going to be there. I know the atmosphere is going to be ferocious. We're going to give ourselves a good chance. Huge game. I mean, it's certainly winnable. Um, we've got to start hard, fast get that win under our belt, and then who knows? Go on, the boys. Indeed. So until next Monday, oh, guys, weird to say this, but enjoy the game, and it's a who day from me. And a who day from me. Go on, the boys. <laughs>